Oh my god. What? So, when we <laughs> record this podcast, Paul puts on a timer. He just picked up the phone, and the timer has literally been running since the last time we recorded. How much time has gone by? Well, I don't know. It's 166 million something. 166. Oh. I mean, that's a big number. No, it's 16 million minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. That is totally insane. Note to self, turn off timer. <laughs> has your phone been dying quicker than normal? Yeah, it has. Because for the last week... Yeah, it's exactly. just been. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh my god. god. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit reset. Okay, reset and start. And by that, welcome to another episode of Chasing the Sweet Things in Life. Our third, yes, <laughs> yes, our third episode, and this one uh, is called "How Paul Became Sweet." Mm. Hmm. Spoonful of sugar. <laughs> Well, not exactly, but yeah, almost. Oh, were you? No, was there was, a time when you weren't sweet? No, I was always. Apparently, I was a very good baby. I didn't cry much, yeah. and I was very like particular. I had this thing when I—I I don't know how old I was—but we used um, cloth napkins at home. Cloth. Cloth. Yeah, sorry. And <laughs> apparently, I took a bite of food, and then I like did. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. You told me this before. On each side of the mouth. You dabbed the corners of your mouth between between bites. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. That literally kills me. (laughs) There's many stories Paul tells where when he tells them, I fall in love with him all over again. Because it's (laughs) literally the sweetest story. I think my parents were just, like, shaking their head. You're just the posh little shit. (laughs) Well, do do you know something? I... I think it was because of I hung out with two little old ladies all day, and they, of course, told a lot of stories from the old days, like big houses with servants, and you know how everything was back then, and more formal. Yeah, and I loved watching like old movies with like you know costume dramas. Yeah, did you Stuff see? Like, did you see it as an etiquette thing? Did you see it as like a class thing? I don't know. Or you just thought it was fancy? I thought it was fancy. Yeah. And do you know the book Little Lord Fauntleroy? No. I was obsessed about that. It's this middle class boy that all of a sudden finds himself being like the lord of the manor. Oh my God. (laughs) Like his his grandfather like takes him in and all these like amazing things happen. And I I guess I was thinking I was like yeah. the yeah, little Lord Fauntleroy. I used to have fantasies like that as a kid about being, you know, more posh or rich. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. it was just in our blood yes. to like want to <laughs> we, want. We want to be fancy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hilarious. We're fancy in our own way. Yeah, it's more about what you make of every moment. Yeah. It's like really enjoying even the tiniest luxuries in life. Absolutely. And make tiny things into luxuries. Yeah. I've always said my whole life that I value time more than money. So even having time to do what you want is ultimately. Oh, yeah. That's totally. I just have to say, because I'm listening to this podcast through uh, headphones. If you think there's an owl in the background, it's not. It's Lestat that's snoring. Yes. We say that every time, but I just feel like I need to say that. No, it's fine. <laughs> they'll, they'll catch on. So what have you been up to? 
Oh, in real what life? What have we in done in cur- real life? Currently? Yes. Um, well, I've been going up to San Francisco every weekend to do uh, Fog City Flea, and you come about half the time. Yeah, and this last weekend we went to Napa. Oh, yes. We did a Saturday event prior to our Sunday event in San Francisco. We went to Calistoga Motor Lodge in Napa so Valley, fabulous. and it was incredible. It was a gorgeous day. It got a little windy towards the end. Which triggered, yeah. <laughs> but it was, people came out, wine was flowing, people really loved that mm. we were there, and there was about a group of 20 of us, 20 makers and merchants, and it was, it was yeah, it was beautiful. It was I've wonderful. never been, i never been to Napa before. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, if you've never been there, do it, and when you drive through, it just, it's so incredible, because it's like, the hills have evergreens, and then it's still some palm trees and then it's just mm. the fields of of the grapevines yeah, and the i love when trees. the grapevine rows sort of go up the hills yeah it's just so yeah. like tuscany or it reminded me of italy it reminded yeah, me of tuscany for sure it was really stunning for sure um i want to go back sometime we'll be back <laughs> <laughs> okay so, so this says mama mama that means mother in Norwegian. Yes. So we're going to talk about your mother. Yeah. Is this your mother's episode? <laughs> yeah, it's going from my mother to my godmother. Who's your godmother? Her name is Tuva. Tante so Tuva. this is a whole and, not, a, and a new character. In this. Yeah, she's a new character. She's my godmother, and she's the one who named me Sweet Paul. But we will come back to that. Let's start with my mom. Yes. Yes. Your beloved mother. My beloved mother, which I have to say, unfortunately, is no longer with us. She died five years ago. Very sad. But, you know, I have really good memories from her. So, yeah. yeah. She was beautiful. I had pictures of her when she was a child. Very sweet. She was very spoiled. She was her only child. Oh, she was an only child. Yeah. And she sort of came, you know, she was born after the war. And she, that was when my grandmother was making you know a good amount of money and she spent a lot of money on that girl (laughs) she did not wear the clothes that they made at home yeah yeah she had like everything like tailor-made what was her full maiden name her first name was cecil that's her real name that's her yeah cecil cecil margareta she had like two names cecil margareta Löwe udberg lo Mm -hmm. l-o-w-e udberg so you took her name, her maiden name. I took her maiden name, yes. And, and Udberg is your middle name. Yes. Lo Udberg is my middle name. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Paul Lo Udberg Einling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's just that, you know, who runs around with four names. Yeah. So I, I mean, thought Paul Lo was very, much easier. Yeah. Trust. Because if I say the whole thing, people are like, uh, what? And I'm so bad at spelling. Yeah, in English, Einling, I'm, I'm pretty good at. Yeah, no, I'm good at that now too, but you know, I just don't want to. Well, pronouncing the American vowels is sometimes a trick. Yeah. Because you. I know. <laughs> I know. I rem- yeah, I, I, said to, I said to an ex, oh, we have to take the dog to the wet. And he was like, what? Yeah, we have to take the dog to the wet. I was like, wet. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you mean the vet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have pro- Yeah. Yeah, I still. But have. Not only that, but the A E I O U thing can be confusing. Yeah, oh my to you god, too. so confusing. Yeah, please stop. Yeah, please make it easier. So, more about your mother. She was beautiful. She was very kind. She was very industrious, as my 
grandmother was. This is a thing that sort of runs in the female part of my family. My grandmother had it, my mom had it, my sister has it. They love selling. They love the emotions of selling something to someone. And my mom was- Because of- Yeah, you tell me. You mean, is it getting the money for it or just- I think it's a satisfaction of selling something. Yeah. So when I grew up, my mom was, she went to the French school in Oslo. So she became a cosmopolitan, what's it called? Cosmopologist? Cosmetologist. Cosmopologist. Oh my God. Cosmetologist. This is not my day. And she worked for a few years in different like department stores. And then she started. So her, she was doing makeup. She wasn't really doing makeup. She was more like a salesperson. But of beauty. Product. Yeah. And she worked in the big, like Oslo had like two big department stores. One posh and one not so posh. And she worked in the posh one. Yeah. And she told all these stories of all these like famous people coming in and you know, one day she was putting perfume in the counter and she felt someone was like pricking her on the shoulder and she turned around and it was the crown princess. Seriously? <laughs> yes. Who's now the queen? Yeah. So she had all these amazing stories to tell. And like people would buy an aftershave. I think it was called Aqua Velva. Aqua Velva. Yeah. 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 That, oh, is we, that here Aqua too? Velva. Yeah, yeah. 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 And people, in the, they used to drink it. What? Oh, to get, to get intoxicated? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because it was cheaper than booze. I guess. Probably. I guess. Liquor is very expensive in Scandinavia. Yeah, it's very expensive. It's sold in, like, state stores. So a few years later, when I was born, she started a fashion shop, clothing store. So when I grew up, that's what she did. She had a clothing store. And then she had another store, which was interiors, home goods. And then a couple of years after that, her and my dad started uh, a restaurant. So your grandmother taught your mother how to sew, probably. So your mother... No, my mom didn't. Oh, <laughs> really? Did not. Yeah, she did not sew. She loved fashion. She loved beautiful things. And as a kid, she would go to Paris twice a year to buy. And I would be able to come along a couple you did. of times. Uh, yeah, I, I did a couple of times. And I just what remember What was the how. first time you went? My sister hadn't been born yet. So maybe like five or six. And I can still remember she got me brown corduroy pants, a shirt, a little like blazer thing and a knitted tie and brown suede shoes. Oh my God. So I looked like a little like French boy. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I was very proud because I thought my mom was extremely beautiful. You know, she had big blonde hair and she was wearing, oh, it was a brand that was so big back then. I can't remember the name, but I remember she had this like beige camel coat that was just like, kind of like swirling around her. Yeah. So do you remember going to Paris with her that yeah, first I remember, time? Yeah, I remember going to Paris with her. I went twice. The first time was just her and me, and then it was her and me and my dad. Did you go to department stores or individual boutiques? Because I imagine back then... Well, she would go to these fairs, you know, to buy wholesale for her shop. Oh, okay. And I think I came along the first day, and I thought that was kind of boring. So the second day, I'd like stay at the hotel and read comic books and I wanted to go outside but she was like don't go outside by yourself yeah <laughs> yeah it was very cute and I remember we had crepes you know they sell crepes on the street yeah with Nutella and that was like the first time I had tasted Nutella oh my god I thought it was so amazing oh you know that warm like chocolate hazelnut oh yeah god it was so good 
so good. It would be so interesting to to go like an urban metropolis. It's, this is probably what like 1690, 1670. Yeah, this is at that time, and to be able to have like snapshot in your head of like Paris in the late sixties. That's so crazy. Yeah, it was very, I just remember it. I thought it was very glamorous. I thought it was very glamorous. And I thought it was so bizarre because there was dog poop everywhere. Yeah, I think you know, so, they, it's yeah. so weird. I know, right? And they, like, uh, it's below them to like pick up after their dog. Yeah. And you know, in the mornings people come and they put on the water and wash it away. They wash all the streets. But still, I was like, why is this so much? I remember asking my mom, why is there so much dog poop in the streets? Yeah, that's not cute. No. So when my mom went to the French school, she befriended this girl. Her name was Tuva. And I called her Tante Tuva, which means Auntie Tuva. Mm-hmm. And she, when I was born, she became a godmother. Did she live in your neighborhood? She lived maybe like half an hour away. Yeah. But she was just an old friend of your mother's. Yes. She was an old friend of my mom's. And she was the funniest babysitter in the universe. Like, so funny. I'm going to tell more about her after the break. Great. What do you think about our new china? Oh, from Noritake? Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. Oh, we so, love the Color Wave collection. Oh, so beautiful. Oh, my God. We have blue. It's white plates with a blue trim. And then we have uh, teal teacups. And we have a green teapot. Oh, so pretty. Yeah, we're all ready for the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And the great thing is, if you use code SWEETPAUL, that's code SWEETPAUL, all upper caps, during checkout, you will get 15% off your order. Fabulous. Isn't that amazing? It is. Yeah. So you just go to noritakechina.com. That's N-O-R-I-T-A-K-E China.com. Perfect. And we are back. So more about Auntie Tova. Yes. Tante Tulva, she was the most amazing babysitter ever. I kind of wanted my parents to go out and have a good time so she could come and babysit me. And, I mean, she didn't really have to because, you know, I had my grandmother and grandmother. Oh, so you would still be babysat even though your grandma was around? Yeah, kind of. Because I, and if ever, you know, my grandmother would leave and my auntie Tova would always come and babysit me. And she had like the craziest stories and we would make like fort and houses under the the tables. We would make fort out of the sofa cushions. She was really funny. And she called me um, Python, which means Python. But in Norwegian, it's kind of like if something is aki, like yucky, it's Python. Okay. Yeah, that was her favorite word. And I laughed so much every time she said that. And then the story goes that she very soon met an American. She met a doctor that worked for NATO. NATO has a, I don't know if they still have, but they had a big base, NATO base outside of Oslo. Yeah. And she met this man. I don't know how, but they fell in love and they got married in Norway and she moved to Texas. <laughs> and Do you remember uh, feeling sad that she was leaving? Or? Yeah, I felt sad that she was leaving because I always thought she was so funny. Yeah. I just loved hanging out with her. 
because she was so different from like anyone else I knew. Yeah. She was so like high spirited and full yeah. of life. And, and she calls you, she calls you sweet Paul. Well, later we, we'll come to that. Okay. <laughs> so she went to America, she went to Texas and you can imagine like Norway in the seventies back then there was a big difference, like a big gap between Norway and America. Oh yeah. So, you know, she would later tell us that, you know, she moved there and of course it was total culture shock. I remember she came back on vacation like a year later and she would tell us about like, you know, the detergent that made everything so white. She would tell us about the restaurants where the steaks were so big, you had to have two plates. If you ordered a piece of cake, you got like a quarter cake. And she would tell about they had rattlesnakes in the in the front yard and all these like crazy, crazy stories. I remember as a little kid, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. Not the rattlesnakes, of course, because I'm deadly afraid of snakes. She went back and then she lasted two years in America. Yeah. And then she came back. She had a young daughter, a baby, when she came back. And somehow in those two years, she managed to transform herself. Like when she left, she was a normal, like, you know, a woman in the 70s. Yeah. And then when she came back, she kind of turned into Peg Bundy from, you know, Married with Children. Big boobs and big hair. Big boobs, big hair, tight clothes, high heels. I remember my grandmother called her. Oh, my God, she turned into one of those trashy Americans. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Did yeah. it fascinate you? Yeah, it totally fascinated me. When she first walked in the room, I couldn't really recognize her. And I remember she wore, like, a lot of eye makeup. Yeah. Like, she was definitely Texas. Yeah. And she kind of was like that for a very, very long time. But even if she had, you know, she had a daughter, she would come over sometimes and she would, you know, we would hang out and she would use a, a lot of English words when she spoke. Yeah. I mean, she only been there for two years, so it's not like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But she would start calling me Sweet Paul. When she came back? Yeah, when she came back. And she would say the word sweet. She would use the word sweet before my name. Um, oh, how are you, sweet Paul? Oh, bye, sweet Paul. Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, my little sweet Paul. Uh, and years ago, like 10 years ago, when I wanted to start a blog, I was thinking about, oh, what am I going to call it? And then it struck me, oh, sweet Paul. That's kind of cute. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So that's how the name sweet Paul came about. Mm. Yeah. In honor of your... <laughs> In honor of my... Tante Tuva, yes. Tante Tuva. Yeah, Tante Tuva. Thank you, Tante Tuva. <laughs> Thank you. So more about your mother. What was the dynamic of the relationship between your mother and your grandmother? Were they similar? Did they fight a lot? Were they competitive? Were they just... They were similar and they were competitive in one thing. Meatballs. Oh, cooking. Meatballs. Mm -hmm. The meat, yeah, not, Who did it better? So my mother wasn't a very... I can't call her a good cook. Interesting. She had like a few things that she did good. She made a really good... In Norway, we call it kiringle, which is kind of like a big cinnamon bun, but it's like it's long and it's braided. She did that really good. So growing up, I loved uh, meatballs. 
And in Norway, we call them köttkakor. Are they similar to Swedish meatballs? No, they're bigger. Oh, okay. Yeah. So but Swedish are they fried in a, in a yes. cast iron pan, mm-hmm. crispy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then they are put in a gravy. Oh. They sort of like simmer in the gravy. So they take, oh, okay. you know, they give flavor to the gravy and take it from the gravy. Yeah. It's really, really good. Mm. And we serve it with boiled potatoes, very often peas or um, rutabaga. Oh. And, uh, and do, you, do you eat lingonberry? And yeah, and lingonberry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, delicious. And it was always a kind of like this competition of who made the best ones. Did they and have different my, recipes? They did. Yeah. My mom would add eggs and my grandmother would not. To the meatball. To the, to the meatball recipe. I think also my grandmother used... Um, breadcrumbs my mom did not interesting so they were different my grandmothers were a little more fluffy they would with the breadcrumbs yeah because would, of the moisture yeah they would sort of break a See, little but easier. i would eat your i would eat your mother's and my mom's was a little like tougher not in a bad way, but they were just like denser. a little yes I, denser. See, i prefer no breadcrumbs and denser for sure i preferred my grandmother's i did the meatballs you made last night, what did you put egg in them? No, that was just ground pork and ground beef, salt and pepper and onion powder. Delicious. You don't even need a binder. Like No, but they did. And yeah, as I said, I actually enjoyed my grandmother's most. You did. But I never told my mom. Oh good. So <laughs> they would they alternate cooking? them or cook them at the same time? My grandmother would most, I mean, she made most of the dinners in her house. Yeah. But once in a while, my mom would cook. Yeah. And And she was like, oh, I'm going to make my meatballs today. Yeah. And I could see in the back, my grandmother would like Mm -hmm. raise her eyebrow and be like, okay. Mm -hmm." (laughs) Well, remember everyone have a big lunch. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. But, um. And I, I remember I would, especially with my grandmothers, because they were a little more like a little looser. So I would mash them with my fork yeah. into the potatoes oh, and yeah. with the gravy. And oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, so good. Delicious. Mm. I have to try to make that one day, like real Norwegian meatballs. It's so delicious. I mean, the gravy. How often and- would they make them? And was it sort of like a Sunday supper thing or just... More no, like a during the week. No, that was more like a during the week thing. Yeah. On the weekends, we would mostly have, it was a lot of steak. And then on Sundays, my grandmother would often make like a roast. So how were you like your mother? Well, we had one big thing that we were very alike on, and that was we both struggled with, you know, weight issues. Mm-hmm. And I started gaining weight when I started school. Mm. The reason for that is that one of the big ways my grandmother showed her love was through food. Of course. So when I came home from school, she made me, and I'm talking about every day. <laughs> What's that? I think Lestat farted. <gasps> Lestat, we're having a podcast. <laughs> oh I'm sorry. He's a French bulldog. That's what they do. Yes. There's nothing we can do about it. Yes. Um, yeah, every day when I came home from school, she made me spaghetti or macaroni with melted butter and cheese, grated mm-hmm. cheese. So I would have that as a late lunch. I mean, I already ate lunch at school, but I would yeah. have that every day when I came home. Yeah. And then I would have dinner later. Yeah. So, you know, no wonder I got 
you know, chubby. Yeah. No wonder. Yeah. And my mom. Do you remember your mom being chubby or? Yeah, maybe around after my sister. My sister was born when I started school. Yeah. She struggled <laughs> with her weight from then. Yeah. To the point where she would sign us up to like Weight Watchers. Well, like at that the time, the late 60s, early 70s, it was probably this was when like, the dieting craze Yeah, started. this was like mid-70s. Yeah. Yeah, we would do kind of like Weight Watchers stuff together. And um, yeah, we just struggled all our life. Oh my God, I remember. So back then, there was no diet products. But then one store in Oslo, kind of like a little bit outside of Oslo, they made a mayonnaise out of petroleum. What? I know. It was disgusting. <laughs> I remember we went there and we bought it and my mom made like tuna salad and chicken salad out of it. And it was just to get that like... Creamy. Yes, yes. That texture. But yeah, it was that crazy. I think it was petroleum. Yeah. So what sort of weight management things would you do? Well, of course, it was a big thing about like portion control and that stuff. But I remember one time my mom was like, okay, we need to get healthy. We need to get a juicer. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. So we got into the car and we went and we got ourselves a juicer. Came back, set it up. We went to the store, got like a ton of vegetables and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and fruits and all this stuff. And I mean, it was so beautiful. I can still remember it. We filled like big bowls and stuff of like all these vegetables and all these fruits. And we were going to get be so healthy, so healthy. Yeah. Of course, none of us. I mean, this has been, especially with me, a big thing all through my life. You know, instructions are for suckers. Yeah. I mean, who reads oh, the instructions? Yeah, I, I don't ever. Yeah, yeah, no. We should have. Yes. Yes. Because we didn't assemble the machine exactly right. So what happened was that we started the machine, started adding stuff, and for a little bit, it was totally fine. But then all of a sudden, again, it was kind of like what you see in the movies. The whole machine exploded and started oh like shaking and started spewing out all these like juices all over the kitchen. And I can still remember my mom and I standing in the doorway <laughs> looking in and sort of arguing of who was going to go in and pull the plug. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, what happened was that my dad came home. And he went in and he pulled the plug and there was literally green juice all over the kitchen. Oh my gosh. Comedy so, show. Yeah, so we would have we would totally the kitchen had to be totally cleaned. Totally cleaned. And did you ever do it again? No, never. No, what happened was we washed the machine. <laughs> we returned, returned it. it. We yeah. ret- My mom was like, okay, well we tried. It didn't work. I guess we have to do something else. <laughs> oh my god. That's hilarious. That was so funny. I love that story. Okay. Should we take another break? Sure. Yes, we'll be right back after this message. James, do you subscribe to Sweet Pond Magazine? No, I don't have to because there's boxes of them over there. <laughs> but everyone else should. I know. And do you know they're only $10 an issue with shipping? When you subscribe? Yeah. How they're great normally is... 16 per I issue. know, I know. How such g- a good deal. How great is that? So all you have to do is to go to Sweet Pond Mag dot com slash subscribe that's sweetpalmag.com slash subscribe to and sign you, up and then you just come quarterly 
they come quarterly and you also get billed quarterly. So every time a new issue comes out, you get billed $10. And you won't even notice. No. It's so cheap. <laughs> so we now come to the segment called What's Up, Sweet Paul? What's up? Which is questions from you there, listeners. I'm going to do the first one because it's actually for you, James. Question time. for me? Question for you. Uh-oh. Be ready. Okay. Donna from Palm Springs. James, you put on all these amazing makers market and surround yourself with makers but you never talk about what you make are you a maker absolutely not (laughs) the thought of making anything gives me anxiety why well here's the thing from a very early age i always surrounded myself with people that were more talented and smarter than i was and so throughout my entire life i've you know whether it was musicians or hairdressers and now makers. I love organizing creatives, you know, building platforms for them to flourish. I love connecting people and spending my weekends with them and just really supporting talent Mm -hmm. and identifying and discovering talent. So that's what I love. But the thought of actually making something. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, I could probably be good at it or, You know, but it was like, couldn't be bothered with learning how to play guitar. So I started a record label. I Mm. was terrified of going to like school to learn something or a trade or learning, you know, going to hairdressing school because the thought of having to go through that process Mm -hmm. was scary to me. So I just started a hair salon and hired hairdressers. Mm -hmm. And so the tediousness of making something isn't something I would enjoy. So I experience it by association. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, Everyone has a role yes, in this ex- world. Yes, exactly. If people want to want to follow you on Instagram, where do they find you? Um, well, each of our markets have an Instagram. So it's Phoenicia Flea, Mojave Flea, Fox City Flea, and now this land festival. But my personal account is james.anthony.morelos, M-O-R-E-L-O-S on Instagram. Very cool. Next question. Yes. Enough about me. <laughs> Don't be so shy. Claire. Hi, Claire. Claire is asking, <clears throat> what are your Mormors and great aunt's first names? So my Mormor, her name was Cecilia. Such a great name. Yeah. And my great aunt, her name was Gunvor. How do you spell that? G-O-V. Uh, N V O R Gunvor. Oh my gosh! Sounds yeah. like Icelandic or something. Yeah, um, kinda. And, yeah, and then it goes on. Her question is: Have you ever published a photo of them? They remind me of my grandmother, who would be like 112 if still alive. She was raised in an orphanage herself in Bohemia, and really only ever said about it was that the nuns were mean. But the geese were meaner. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) She made the best tapioca pudding and could grow, sew, knit, repair, anything. Sounds like your grandmother. The thing is that, you know, okay, I'm sure this orphanage was was terrible. Mm -hmm. But they actually learned a skill. Yes. You know, they learned how to do stuff. Yeah. I mean, look at Chanel. She grew up in an orphanage and she learned how to rule the world, more or less. Yeah. (laughs) I mean... 
Yeah. It's kind of so a, it's kind of incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, we need to hear more and more of those stories. Yes, I will. We'll come back to that. And I actually asked my sister. She's now on the hunt for images. So oh, I, good. Will, I will try to post more pictures on Sweeple magazine on Instagram and on Facebook. Because more people have been asking about it and I uh, I haven't seen these pictures in many, many, many years. Yeah. So Maybe we should start a 24th Instagram account and <laughs> oh for God. just this podcast. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle it anymore. <laughs> okay, third question from Pat. Yes. Do you have any advice on how to get a seven-year-old to try other foods? Oh, yes, I have. It's to let them help in the kitchen when you prepare dinner or lunch or whatever. Let them be a part of it. When I grew up, I had my own little chopping board. I had my own little knife. It was kind of dull, but still. Mm-hmm. I had my own little bowl, my own mixing spoon. Um, you know, my grandmother would explain to me and tell me why we did certain things. Yeah. I think if you let the kids participate, help, yeah, they will sort of like get Take pride in it and get an understanding. Maybe be a little less afraid of trying new things. Yeah, because you know what it is, and you actually made it, and you're proud of it, and you can be like, oh, you know, taste what I made. I made this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take away maybe some of the, like, mystery. Mis- yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be a really good way. Perfect. Okay, okay, final question. Yes. Tom from Norway. Hi, Tom. Love your ceramics. Have you always done ceramics, and why did you start? Any advice to me as a ceramics novice? Oh, well, thank you. I've done ceramics the last four years. And I started because I had an idea of some plates I wanted to use for a story, but I couldn't find them anywhere. I was thinking, oh, maybe I can make them myself. Mm-hmm. So I started taking some classes in Brooklyn, a place called uh, Clayworks in Columbia. Absolutely loved it. And it's kind of like you get like a bug. You just have to, yeah. to do it. And... Yeah, I, I did it when we moved to Kingston. I do it here in Palm Springs. I work in a communal studio here called Silicas, which is great. I would love to get my own kiln and you know have my own little studio, but maybe maybe one day, maybe yeah. one day that will come. Yeah. Any advice? It's not to be afraid of the clay. Yeah. Because you know the clay is kind of like a living material because mm-hmm. it moves and it, it kind of has a memory. You are the boss of the clay not the other way around. Mm -hmm. So you just have to take charge and you have to accept failure. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and also probably not be precious about it. You just have to sort of like go for it and you'll have a better understanding of the clay the more you go for it. Yeah. And you learn through disasters. I mean, things will break and things will not come out the way you wanted it, but everything is a learning I can still remember the first time something broke. You're devastated. I was devastated. I went to my teacher and I was like, look, it broke. And she was like, well, how much time did you spend on that? <laughs> and I said, well, I don't like 10 minutes. And she was like, okay, fine. Make move, another move one. Along. Yeah, move along. Yeah. Um, That's so funny. <clears throat> you just have to not be afraid of the material. If you want to have a look at my ceramics, I'm on Instagram, Polo Ceramics, or my web shop is poloceramics.com fabulous is that it i think so time flies i know so if you have any questions you want us to answer if you have comments maybe you want to be a sponsor you can email us at 
podcast at sweetpalmag.com. Podcast at sweetpalmag.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. And don't forget to subscribe and share and tell your neighbors. On iTunes, on Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. Wherever fine podcasts are streamed. (laughs) I love that. Okay, bye guys. Until next time. Bye. Bye.